第一节开始唱，然后一直唱到第九节。第一节，然后五到九节。我们先请姊妹弹一次。
that after you raised him from the dead, 主当你把他从死里复活, he sent the Holy Spirit to this earth to uh, give birth to the church and to abide in each one of us. We thank you for the life given to us. We thank you for the Spirit of God within us, the Holy Spirit. We thank you that with that uh, Spirit we have, uh, we can serve you. And we can love you back. Lord, we thank you that you didn't just save us and forgive us our sin. But your forgiveness was so thorough that you could actually come and dwell in us. So Lord, as we spend this time together, we pray that you would quicken your word. As you speak to us about your life in us, uh, we pray that we really listen with an open ear and our open heart. Lord, we want you to mold us and renew our minds. We want to follow you fully. You're a wonderful Savior. Do lead us. Speak through our brother. And may we obey and receive. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let us turn to two passages in the scripture. John chapter 17, verse 3. John chapter 17, verse 3, I will read for brothers and sisters. And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And then John chapter 10, verse 10, the latter part of verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10, the latter part. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. Let us bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we want to thank you because you truly are abundant. Lord, the goodness and the life that you give to us is also abundant. Lord, may we see this abundance. May we, you open up the eyes of our heart today as brothers and sisters gather before you in reverence. 
Lord, do uh, give us uh, ears to hear, Lord, especially that which you entrusted to us. May we have a heart that seeks after you. I want to commit this following time into your hands. Lord, may we gain that which you want us to gain even during this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Yeah. Through the scripture, we can see that we have all been reborn. Because we have the life of the Lord in us. Our Lord said that He came, that He would give us life, but life more abundantly. Let us today have our eyes open to see how precious this life is. Our whole relationship with the Lord begins with this life. We have this life, therefore we can live before the Lord. Because we have this life, we have peace, we have satisfaction, we can fellowship with our Lord. Because of this life, we have hope, one day we shall uh, rise again with our Lord. We know this life is very precious. In all of creation, there is much that was created, even man. But this life was already in our God. This life was not a created life. We have value. We have a value. Man has a value because we are able to embrace this life. And because our God wanted to give us this life, a great price was paid. We know that in all of creation, he used his wisdom and his power. He just had to say a word, and it became so. Lord used a word, and because of that word, then the universe existed. So even when the psalmist saw such a great, wonderful creation, then he could only bow down and worship. God wanted to give us, however, his life. He did experience death. Because a seed, if it, remain, if it remains in the ground, cannot bear much fruit. He died for us on the cross. 
The death was not the purpose of death. His purpose was to give us his life. He wanted to entrust his life to us. So we need to understand how important this life is, how precious this life is. Because we can only gain this life in death and resurrection. We know this life is perfect. It cannot be blemished by sin. So when our forefather Adam, he sinned. And then in the Garden of Eden, he was kept. Therefore, he did not want this tree of life to be corrupted. Because this tree was perfect. And we who are sinners could not receive of that life. So because of that, he died for our sins. He shed his precious blood. On the cross, he was nailed in the flesh. We thank the Lord. He took away all of our sins. But taking away all our sins wasn't the main purpose. The purpose of him taking away the sin was so that he could give us his life. And once we have this life, then we have that. When we have this life, then we can live before God. Because of this life, then we can testify for our Lord. It is by His faithfulness that He has entrusted His testimony to us. We know that people like us cannot be those worthy of what He has entrusted to us. If we are to entrust something to somebody, we need to verify whether this person is trustworthy, whether we are willing to give and allow him to do this. But he has entrusted his testimony to each and every one of us, not that we are worthy of it. According to ourselves, we are not worthy of this being entrusted to us. And yet, the Lord today has given us, entrusted to us, His testimony. Because this is by His faithfulness. And he has entrusted his testimony to us so that we can even be worthy of being, be, being before God's glory. So he gives us his life. And if we have this life, then there is that opportunity for the Lord to work in us. So then we can take upon that which was entrusted to us. 
know that God has a will for each and every one of us. And that is to be conformed to the image of his beloved Son. And that is for our life to mature, to grow. When this, when this life comes across comes out, then we testify the Lord. But many times in this matter of testimony, we feel it's just a matter of saying something. I know several brothers and sisters many times when they are out of work that they were seeking for employment and the Lord did provide. Or a brother or sister who was very sick went to the hospital and was healed by the Lord. And he, he or she received that grace. The, their heart is really touched. The person says, I want to testify. So then they wait for the first Sunday of the month. And then they are able to testify. But then after they testify, the thing passes. It's as if once they testify, their hearts are at peace. And in this experience, whether it be work, or whether they were healed, when they were healed, the purpose was achieved. And then they are able to share on the Sunday, and then the matter passed. We need to understand. God healing your disease is not the end goal. Of course, if we go through difficulty, we need healing. We need grace. If we don't have grace, we might not be able to cross over that. And then we will say, well, then how can we then live out the Lord? We need His grace. The grace that He gives us, the purpose for giving us that grace is so that our life can grow. When we look for a job, we have many needs. And then through these many needs, we receive much grace from the Lord. So that we have experience with Him in our faith. The purpose though is for that life to grow by His grace. We, we are those who are witness and testify for Him. When the Lord saved us, when he put his life in us, we became the one who testifies for him. It's not when you just speak or share a testimony, then you're a witness. When we wake up in the morning, when we praise and when we worship, that is a testimony. When we go to the supermarket, when we talk to our friends, that's a testimony. Through these many different things, so that people can see in us. If we can live the life of God, then we have lived out a royal, a glorious testimony for 
If we are weak, if we have fallen, then we have we have fallen short of his testimony. Because God has given us his life. We have gained and received life. He has given us his gospel. And we have gained this gospel. Now the people will look at us. What kind of person are you that has received the good news and has received life? We say this life is how it is lived out. And it's not just a matter of stepping up here and just giving a testimony verbally. The Lord has entrusted this testimony to us. It's not that you decide when you want to be uh, give this testimony. Because when you live on this earth, you are that witness, you are the one who testifies for the Lord. No matter what you do, that's a testimony unto the Lord. If you fail, if you're weak, you have then testified and you have fallen short before the Lord. I do hear many times that gospel friends saying this. I know that this God is a very good God. I know that you guys are very loving. But because I saw what that one person did, therefore I refuse to believe. And many times I hear husbands saying to their wives, I originally was going to believe, but because of you, I'm not going to believe. You say all the good stuff, but you never live in that good. So therefore, it is, that is the testimony. It's not when you want to be a witness. So when you were when you were saved, the Lord entrusted that testimony to you, and you should hourly be that testimony. I heard also many brothers and sisters who were re- re- uh, recently saved that they said that the reason they were saved is because of the love of brothers and sisters. So this recently I went to uh, Beijing and I uh, saw a sister. Many years ago she was here amongst us and she accepted the Lord. When she first came amongst us she says, wow, brothers and sisters truly had brotherly love. She said the first time she came she saw that love and therefore she accepted the Lord as her Savior. What a wonderful testimony. But many years ago, I also went to a family of a brother and sister and I saw a testimony there. This home, uh, this, this family used to open up their home to uh, preach the gospel, invite friends. And at that time, I heard a gospel friend say to a sister, 
The gospel friend said, "Whenever I come to your home, I can see that the Lord indeed has blessed your home." You as a couple are able to, in one, be able to uh, be faithful to what the Lord has entrusted you. And I see that your children are so good as well. Indeed, the Lord has kept you. We know many times, even today, teenagers are headaches for the parents. So when he saw this family, he saw indeed this is a household that is blessed by the Lord. What a great testimony. They, this family was able to express Christ to those who did not believe. So we can testify God. It's only when we can live out this life. The Lord has entrusted this testimony to us today already. He has also entrusted his gospel to us. Many times we say, well, the gospel is one thing, the testimony is separate. I heard many brothers and sisters say, I don't know how to preach the gospel. Whenever I preach, the person doesn't believe. I don't know how to speak. But we need to know. God has entrusted the gospel to us. Of course, we need to use our mouth to be able to share of that good that we have received. But on the other hand, because we have received the gospel, when people of this world see us, we are then preaching the gospel. When they see the Christ in us, John 17 says, when they see that you are one, they know that the Father has sent His beloved Son. This is a testimony. This is preaching the gospel. Because when people of this world see that the Father has sent His beloved Son, that's the gospel. We are but vessels to preach the gospel. When you preach the gospel to somebody else, the people of this world want to see what, how good is this gospel. When you are testifying, you are preaching the gospel. When you live your life, when you live out, in your life, what you have received, this gospel, then they will the people will see the testimony. They will see as well the gospel. Because of your life, they will see the blessings in the gospel. They will see the love in the gospel. And then they can receive it. 
So actually, preaching the gospel and testifying is but one and the same. So in that testimony, then our life even can grow. God has given us life. The growth of this life. We need to experience. It is not just merely by us listening to messages. Of course, if this life is to grow, we need God's word. And yes, we need brothers who have the light to share that truth with us. We are touched. And then we have a heart that desires after Him. And because of this desire in our heart, then we have a seeking. And then the Lord will make the environment as such. That in these circumstances, in this environment, as we experience the grace, then this life can grow. But if we don't have this experience in our circumstance, this life will not grow. Therefore, when circumstances reach us, we need to thank the Lord. Many times when we hear a word, we're touched. Just like when our brother Godwin last week shared. Many brothers and sisters were touched. I was also touched. When the brother was there sharing, it was very moving. So good. Indeed, it was a light. We need a message like that. Does this sharing then result in a heart that desires more? How long will this word remain in our heart? Maybe just a week, maybe a month. So many times. We're touched, but yet after uh, some time, it wanes away. When the Lord puts us in those environments or circumstances, we then forget. You cannot experience. God's word is still God's word. And maybe because of your circumstances, you cannot experience it and it doesn't touch you. Only when the, the result of this word creates a heart that desires to seek more. And then by faith, we are able to experience it. Then you will gain it. 
I do remember last time after the Harvey Cedars conference we had an open sharing many brothers and sisters shared and they were touched and we we heard about how rich and abundant was this inheritance spiritual inheritance and we as uh, we are his inheritance how wonderful that is but when we heard it we were touched we were moved but that inheritance is still in heaven you heard it you were moved but you didn't bring it back home the inheritance is still in heaven it's still not yours but one day when the Holy Spirit puts you into an you experience that inheritance becomes yours he is so abundant he is full of peace he is full of joy he is full of love patience all the fruits of the Spirit are part of that inheritance. How do we gain it? We only gain it through experience. When we listen to this message, when we listen to those words, do we have a heart that goes desires after? When we believe in the Lord, we are His We only have one heart. And that heart is to seek after the Lord. That is to seek after the Lord. We want to gain it from the Lord. Even though Harvey Cedars has not had, it's been less than a year. I don't know how many brothers and sisters here still have that desire in your heart. That desire for that inheritance. If you have that desire for that inheritance, the Holy Spirit will provide the circumstances that you will gain it. I heard a story once. I heard a story once <coughs> um, right after Thanksgiving here in the United States we have Black Friday and then somebody went out to buy something so this person stood in line uh, before midnight he was the number 15th uh, one in line and yet, uh, they only had 10 items, and so he couldn't get it. And he couldn't get what he went to get. To he waited and waited. He waited the second year. He went after work. So, as soon as he got off work that Black Friday, he went to go in line. So that he could gain this one thing. He waited for an entire year. And finally, he was able to get it after waiting for a year. Because he stood in line right after he got off of work, and he was the first one in line. 
So I was thinking that time. So I was thinking the money that he saved by uh, buying this on sale, was it worth the time that he spent waiting? I am sure that if he were to take the time that he was waiting in line and applied it to work, he would have earned more than what he ended up saving. But man, it's just like that. For Because he wanted that, he waited for an entire year. But it's just a little value. But God's life that He has given to us is The abundance that He gives us cannot be measured financially. This value will enable us to take it into eternity. A brother also shared with us. When we go, if we are to depart from this earth, we can't even take the garment that is on our body. But all the riches that Christ of Christ that the God has given us, we can take that away. We can take all that the riches that the Lord has given to us. This is so precious. This indeed has value. But do we have a heart that desires after such? Our brother also shared. How long do we have this heart? He said that we need to have our Lord be Lord. Only when God is Lord in us can we be Lord to others. Many people have, uh, are touched. But when things hit us, can we allow the Lord to be Lord in us to be lived out? Because if we are touched, but there is no action following it, then there is no fruit being born. When something happens to us, only when we allow the Lord to truly be Lord only then can we be Lord outwardly but many times when things happen to us we say that we are right I have all the right reasons my intentions are correct you have many different reasons Many different excuses for you to But you don't let the Lord be Lord. If God is not Lord in your life, how can you be Lord? So many times when you want to show forth and express your reasons, many times people might not accept it. But not only not accept it, they get angry. And when they get angry, all things go on. 
Why can you not be a good testimony? Because you do not allow God to be Lord in your life. It is not a matter about being touched or moved. But experientially, we need to, in reality, let the Lord be Lord in our life. Once I was talking to a sister. She said, "Well, I had to, uh, I had to be worried about so many things." So I'm just going to be upset, and then we can talk. So if you're going to always be that way, you cannot experience his abundance. I know amongst us we have a brother. Uh, he is seated amongst us here today. I'm not going to mention his name. I'm very touched by his testimony. Because he said about his wife. He says, oh, I can't stand my wife. So he, one day he couldn't stand his wife. He closed the door and ignored her. But during this time, the brother was outside. He was uh, singing hymns. He was praising the Lord. Just like our brother shared, he put the Lord or he put Jehovah before him. If he were to put the, the face of his angry wife before him, how could he sing hymns? But because he put Jehovah before him, even though the wife was upset and was ignoring him, he was praising and worshiping. I was very touched. That is what we need to learn. We need to thank the Lord when things like this happen to us. When your husband or your wife give you a, a, a look, a look, um, give you a, uh, are, are upset at you, don't be, you don't be upset. That where the Lord can see. He has entrusted. Do you want his inheritance? He's gave it to you. Do you want the Lord's blessing? This is when the Lord blesses you. How do you face things? When you experience things, then you know your life becomes enriched. If you can't experience, He's going to be, or he or she's going to be even more angry. And their face is going to express their anger even more than yours. You're going to reason, she's going to reason with you, you're going to reason even more with her. You cannot experience this grace. You cannot gain it. At this time, you have lost or missed the opportunity. You missed a great opportunity. When this time arrives, you should learn, like our brother, to be able to sing hymns and praise the Lord. To put Jehovah, to put the Lord before you. For this, we can thank the Lord. God allowed this to happen so that we, so that we can experience more of what He has entrusted to us. All things work together for good. 
For those love. Because of all this. They didn't say good things or bad things. Things are just things. When these things happen, do you approach it with, a heart, with a, fear, a, fear, a heart of fear? A heart of reverence? And because all things will work together for good if you fear God. And all things will work together for good in your life. So that your life will grow. Your life will be more rich. We will gain more of the blessing of the Many things happen to us. All of them have His wonderful purpose. But it all depends on how we approach it. What we experience. To eat every day, we have to. Opening and closing doors every day, that we have to do. But amongst all these many things, we can all experience this. (laughs) And many times, couples, when they eat, then and they get upset, and then the plates become flying saucers for them. And many times just the opening up of a door or closing a door the wrong way becomes a focus of quarreling. But we can't flee these things. We need to face them. But when we experience these things, we need to have a reverent heart. So that God's will can be accomplished and work for good in us. And these experiences, our life can be enriched. So that we can be more mature. In many things, there are always two faces or two, two, two sides to it. We can, we can experience the fear of God. And then in that thing, we can glorify His name. But if you don't have a heart that fears God, if you're not careful, you'll fall short of His glory. Many times, even in a Bible study, many times we fall short of His testimony, even during Bible study. Many times we know that God's word is the bread of life. So when we word when we read God's word, we want to have the sustenance, spiritual sustenance. And many times when we go to a Bible study, it's so that we can our life can be fed. But we need to know. If you don't have life, you go to the Bible study, you still don't have life. Only if you have life. And then you can give up that life, then you have life. I remember sister. Her life was very rich. 
A very simple word that she would say. How are how have you been recently? So many people have asked that question to me. But when she said it to me, it was completely different. Many times when I I get troubled by things. But when she asked me, how have you been doing recently? Then I am comforted. But if somebody else asking that same question, I don't have the same feeling. It's not something that can be done externally. It's only when you have life. If you have life, you have love. No matter what, the words that are spoken out, the words can be the same, but the receiving is different. If you don't have life, you only have knowledge. During a Bible study, then there is no testimony there. Because there's only knowledge. Everything that's given out is but knowledge. But because of this knowledge, you said, I'm right. But the other person says, I'm right. The one person will say, that's not how you explain it. You need to explain it this way. And then you guys, there's a lot of talking. And then a brother will just go ahead and slap the table and say, that's not what it is. And then he walks away. And doesn't come back. We need to see. When we have a Bible study, if we're not careful, if we don't come with a reverent heart, we will have a testimony that falls short. When something like this happens, a brother will say, I was right, but that person was wrong. We need to know. When you say you are right, we know that the testimony that we want to preach is gone. You want to express to everybody, explain to everybody how right you are. You want your testimony. You want to say, I am right. I have the right reasons. And maybe you are right. And maybe you didn't say anything wrong. But because of your being right, another person will stumble. Because in a Bible study, what God wants, He wants only when all brothers and sisters are right is there a testimony. For example, if you have five people there, they, He wants all five to be correct. If one out of the five is not right, then even if the four are right, they are not right. What God wants. God wants the one who was not right to be right. That is his testimony. But this is in our life. Only when the life is lived out. Only when you have love. Only then will you be able to turn the one who was not right to right. Think about it. You have a couple who are gathered together. They are gathered in the name of our Lord. One brother or one sister. He or she is weak. 
he or she gets upset. She le- he or she leaves. Does it mean then that amongst this meeting there is no more testimony? It's as if everybody else is right. But because of this one thing, one person was weak. And then you go out and spread and say that person was wrong, wrong, wrong. You thought that this person being wrong had nothing to do with you. As long as you're correct, as long as you're right, then everything's fine. We need to know. This person is also the child of God. And because of this error, then the testimony falls short. And because of what transpires between both of you, then the testimony is lost. Even though you are correct and right in this meeting, but your being right stumbles another. So the testimony in that gathering is lost. Does that also mean that you have failed? What God wants is that all and everyone is doesn't matter if one is weak. If that is the case, we fall short of His glory. So when we are one and we are all right in one, then His testimony will be expressed. So many times we just care about our own personal testimony. So any time I encounter uh, brothers and sisters disputing who is right and who is wrong, I pray. No matter how right the person is, when he says he's right, it means that a testimony in him has been lost. When he speaks of how good a brother sister that means the testimony is then expressed. The same thing when it happens to married couples. No matter how right your wife is, how good your husband is, or how bad and how not good your other half is. This is a testimony. As a couple, you're a testimony of Christ and the church. And when you fail, you fail in this testimony. It doesn't matter how right you are. Because you want to preserve your own testimony. You want to show yourself off to everybody else. But when they see the goodness in you, they do not see the testimony. Because when you try to express that you are right and good, then that testimony is lost. So only when the husband and the wife are both correct, only then can the testimony of the Lord be expressed. 
Only through this testimony can we have this life. God has given us this life. And even if the other person is wrong, because of this life, that person can be right. And because this person is weak, you are able to lift this person up. When you study the Bible, if something you see is wrong, if you have life, if you have love, when you speak the truth in love, it's just different. It is not a, a, a message of critique. Brothers and sisters will be able to accept it. And the testimony can be expressed. On one hand, God has given us life. He has also given us his testimony. On one hand, we have gained his life. On the other hand, we preach the gospel. On the other hand, we testify about it. Then we can truly live out this life more abundantly. God came so that we can have life. But life more abundant. And through the experience and circumstances is when we can gain it. And by faith, when we face these different things, when things happen, we thank the Lord. Good things or bad, we come with a reverent heart. Then all things will work together for good. And will work for good. So that we will mature. But many times, when we are in times of peace, we have fallen. If we're not careful, the testimony of the Lord will be will be short. So in his uh, wonderful work of redemption, he prepared that cross. The cross is the only way to bring us into the fullness of life. We know the cross is not the goal. Cross brings us into death. But the purpose, the goal, is for our life of resurrection. And we can only gain that through different experiences. Many times, when we receive of His grace, many times we don't come with a reverent heart. This year, when we had that big uh, snowstorm, so I had a relative who actually had a wedding and we went to a banquet so at that time when we were going back home it, uh, the snowstorm was at its height and we were coming back around 11 o'clock at night
My brother-in-law, actually, which only needed to drive normally a little over an hour to get home, took over 10 hours to get home. He only arrived home the next day. And he had an all-wheel drive car. And mine was only a front wheel. And as soon as I left the place, as I turned the corner, my car slid. And then what you pass out to Twitter here. So I had to get down and push my car. And at that time I prayed. So I was very uh, uh, apprehensive because I knew there were many highways I needed to take and especially because of the trucks I was afraid that the ramps would be blocked. So I had to go through three exit ramps. If one exit ramp was blocked, then I'd be, I'd be blocked for a long time. So I was praying. So I was praying, and then I was able to get on the highway. So at the right before I was getting on the exit ramp, five snow plowing trucks came flying. I said, Thank the Lord. The Lord is opening up the way for me. So I followed those snow plowing trucks. So every exit, so every, at every single exit, one of those trucks would lead me the way. So I would follow them and I was very easy to get home. I thought, I thank the Lord. It was on earth as if I were in heaven. His grace was so wonderful. We live in this grace. <laughs> so I forgot. I was uh, talking to my wife. I forgot what did I say. She got upset. We were about to get to the last exit. And then she got, we were uh, talking and she got upset. She said something to me. I said something back. And we were almost about to get into an argument. I, I had a thought. I said, wait, I can't do this. I'm not home yet. We are still in His grace right now. If we miss this grace, we might get into trouble. And I didn't. I was thinking this, but I didn't have a chance to change. I came to the last exit. Three cars were parked there. Because the snow was very deep. If I were to wait there too, if I were to be stuck back there, I don't know if my two wheel car would whether it would be covered and whether I could get out. So then we decided to go to the next exit. Next exit, there were no cars. But when I got to halfway on the exit ramp, I got stuck. I couldn't move. I was slipping there. I got off the car. I tried pushing the car. It was extremely cold. 
That's over half an hour. I couldn't move the car. When I when I was stuck first, uh, there was another car behind me. I still had a companion. I wasn't too nervous. So when I kept pushing, the car slipped to the side. And because the car slipped to the side, all the cars behind me, all the cars behind me were able to go. Only I was stuck. And when I saw that behind me there were no more cars, and then after I started pushing the car again, it got pushed into the middle of the ramp. I started blocking other cars again. And then when my car slipped to the other side, then the cars all left. So as I kept praying, I also thought, well, if somebody behind me is looks kind of strong, maybe I can ask them to help. All the drivers behind me were just like my daughter. They were young ladies. So I couldn't really ask them to help me. I said, Lord, what should I do? What am I going to do? So I repented. And then my car was slid to the other side. My hands even started to get a little darkened uh, and I still didn't feel the pain. So that day I had forgotten to bring my gloves and so my hands were really, really cold and I lost, it became numb. So when I saw the last car leaving, I said, Lord, what should I do? How am I going to go home? Are you truly going to hold me to my sin? Repent. I forgive forget my sin. I repented. After uh, I prayed, a car that even passed me. Already. No more cars behind me. A car then stopped ahead of me. And because it was a bend, I actually didn't see him stop ahead of me. This is a very strong man. Came down to help me push. And my car was able to push out. And of course, even throughout the rest of the journey, there was a lot of snow. And as I was driving home, you could see stranded cars all over the place. So I said, uh, when I prayed to the Lord, I said, I dare not uh, sin again. The Lord has to keep me. From this we can see. Prior to this happening, everything we are full of God's grace. And we entered and His grace, His richness. But if you don't have a reverent heart, even when you are in the good, 
you'll have a lesson that will arrive. Other people might say, ah, oh, that was just bad luck. But I truly believe in my heart that this was an opportunity for me to experience of the Lord's faithfulness. So that we can experience the fact that He is faithful. Once again, experience how much He loves me. Even though I suffered much, I pushed the car for over half an hour. So actually when I got home, uh, only then did I notice that the, the door had closed on me and my nail was black. Even though it was tough. But because of a reverent heart, the Lord will give us His grace. Even though I was stopped there, the second day I still had to go back. My brother-in-law only arrived home the second day. And the second day I could go home too. But in this experience, with a reverent heart, we can see his faithfulness. That our life, by his grace, can be fuller. Many times when we face many things, when I came home, you have to drive. To be on that road, it was inevitable. But how can we experience His grace under these circumstances? In many things, if we have a heart that fears God, we can experience His grace. It will allow our lives to grow. Many times we don't care. Many times we say, oh, nothing happened, so that's it. Only when something big happens, we say, wow, this is something. No matter things, big or small, good or bad, if we have a reverent heart, if we are, then all these things will work together for good. So that our life can grow. God has given us this life so that we would have life more abundant. How do we gain this abundant life? Through many different things, through His testimony, through the gospel that we preach, through all these different experiences. Through many of the words that are shared by our brothers. So we have a heart that desires after Him. When we have a heart that is desired, we pray. We wait. And when things happen, we can experience it. Just like that brother. We put the Lord before us. When the Lord is before us, we can experience many things. That His testimony through our life 
can be lived out. We are already witnesses. We are his testimony. He has given us his life. This testimony just isn't expressed when you want it to be expressed. No matter whether you want to do it, his testimony has already been entrusted to you. He has given you life. The testimony is already in your life. No matter what you do, you want your testimony or the Lord's testimony. When your testimony comes out, the Lord's testimony is gone. When your testimony falls, then the Lord's testimony is able to arise. That is the Lord being Lord in our lives. These are the words I want to share. Maybe a brother, uh, one or two of you can pray according to the Holy Spirit.